Davis has been sent up to Pakistan. How it came about was someone, uh, a, a pastor from Pakistan, rang me up. Order my brother, I'm from Pakistan. And I said, yeah, yeah, great, great to hear from you. How, yeah, how are you? And he said, oh, I've been watching you on television. And I said, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. He said, I'm warning you to come to Pakistan. And uh, so I said, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So I got to church. And so you understand when you have people from overseas ring you like this, it's sort of, I've had heaps of that, you know, over years, you know, and they send a letter and there's, you know, 50 people and they just want you to give them money and it's all that kind of thing. So I'm sort of weighing this thing up. And, and, but he sounded right. And I felt in my heart and my spirit, this man's a good man. I believe we ought to do something. So uh, I, I, I just, you know, you have a little quick prayer of the Lord. I, I felt the Lord say, send David. So I just said, look, I cannot come, Pastor Amwa. I thank you for your invitation. So kind, appreciate you calling me to come. But I can't come. I'm already heavily committed this year. But I tell you what, I'd love to send my son and a team up there. I love, he can do what I can do, and he can bring the power and presence of God. And uh, if you will receive him as my son, he will be a blessing to you. And so Pastor Amwa invited him to come, and he took a team up. And then the rest is making history. So Dave and Kate are going to come and share what God has been doing through them as they've gone up. He's made a second trip since then, and now a third trip. So Dave, why don't you come up and just tell us, and Kate, come up and just share with us some of the things that have happened. Let's give them a great welcome as they come, shall we? Hallelujah. God is, the Spirit of God is so moving in Pakistan. It is life-changing. And uh, just like Pastor Mike said about Indonesia, it is a wild place. It is so the place you want to be when God's moving. People are passionate for Jesus Christ. They are absolutely passionate. When we were up there, God spoke to me. And um, out of the story of the, the 12 spies, and 10 came back and they said... Um, yeah, there's, there's, it's a land of milk and honey, all right, but um, the giants are too big. We can't do it. And I felt God say to me um, that you're like the two that came back. Um, and they said, yeah, the giants are big, but we can take this land. We can take this land. I believe that Pakistan will be one for Jesus Christ. God has deposited something in Dave and I, um, actually in Dave first, and I caught it from him even before I went up to this place last year. Uh, I've had a love for these people I was sharing this morning that I can't describe, uh, people I've never met. And uh, when I'm up there, I feel like I'm home because God is so big. God is so big. And um, he, God moved miraculously while we were there. Um, we saw hundreds of people come to Christ. We had, um, there's a miracle crusade which happens weekly. There's about 20,000 20, come along hungry, desperate for God. And as we spoke out over the people, um, miracles, we commanded cancers to, to wither up and die and, um, and jobs. And one specific thing that Dave um, spoke out over the people that was that jobs would be created and employment would come. The very next night, they get people up to give testimony about what happened. And you just have lines upon lines of people coming up and testifying about the power of God and what immediately happened on the inside of them physically. Um, there was several people that came up and said, we don't know how, but we just got a job today. And that's unheard of in a place like Pakistan. There is no welfare system there. If you don't have a job, there is no, there's no, um, there's no income support. There's no wins. There's nothing. So if you don't work, you don't eat and you die. And so to, to have a job created supernaturally is only something that Jesus Christ can do. 
And so uh, we saw amazing miracles. We saw God move in power over a huge amount of people. Um, I had the privilege of praying for an old lady who was blind. And she um, I prayed the first time and nothing happened. And um, I was saying this morning that I, I felt God say, just continue to pray. And uh, so I prayed a second time and she said, oh, it's blurry. So I thought, that's all right, we'll pray again. Because I know that God, my God doesn't do half healings. My God doesn't give us half an answer. And I want to say that to you tonight. Wherever you're at, God doesn't give you half an answer. God's not a tricky God. He's a great God. He's a faithful God. He's faithful and true. And um, I prayed the third time, and this woman, the, the look on her face as she was able, and they were checking how many fingers, two, five, she, and she couldn't believe it. And now I think about how, not just is it sight for her, but the opportunities now that are before her that weren't there before. The opportunities for her whole life, her being able to see, her, I don't know her family situation, being able to read a Bible, being able to, I don't know whether she... Um, needs employment, but all of those opportunities now, because of our God, it's the same God that's here today, the same God, the, the, um, the pastor that's up there that Dave is connected with and now both of us are, he's an amazing guy, actually, um, when you meet Pastor Sergeant, you will know Pastor Enwa, they have a, a very similar spirit, and um, man of God, man of integrity, man of the spirit, and this guy, has, uh, he's got an incredible testimony about how God sovereignly saved him, like a, 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 a Saul to a Paul um, conversion. God, um, literally, he was a secret service officer in, in Pakistan in government, and God um, just blitzed him on the floor of his office, and he started praying in tongues. People ran, and they didn't know what was going on. They took him to a hospital. They tried to sedate him, and they couldn't. The power of God was too strong. But the testimony goes on and on. It's amazing. And since that time, he has, um, 91, he went into ministry. And there's, uh, there's over three quarters of a million people now connected. Sorry. 2001. 2001. So we're talking nine years ago this happened. And three quarters of a million people now have come to Christ because of this man. Because he did to believe God. What about you? Mm. What about you tonight? Fantastic. <clears throat> I just really want to um, say a big thank you to those who, um, who invested into us, uh, who gave and, and sowed a seed into us. Thank you so much for those who prayed or have even gave us a thought. Um, we were absolutely uh, blown away by this trip. That we were uh, able to be used by God to be able to uh, make history and something that has never been hap- never done before, never taken place before, and, uh, and uh, God was able to do it. And, uh, and so one of the things that... Um, uh, if you look around the world today, most of the world today is in grip of uh, a terrorism or, or the fear of terrorism. Everywhere you go, um, you even look at one. I was in the hardware store in one of the shops in town in the office there, and they had a little uh, sign on the wall where no one could, should really see it about what to, ha- what to do in a threat of terrorism. So everywhere, even in Hastings, hardware shops in Hastings are scared of uh, terrorism, uh, 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 terrorists. And unfortunately, uh, most of the terrorists in the world today uh, either have the word Muslim or Pakistan associated with it. <laughs> and uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sad truth, but, uh, but it is a, it's a reality nonetheless. And um, one of the things that always keep coming back to me is what uh, Shane Willard talked about, about what the color red means, that uh, wherever there is uh, distress, wherever there is um, destruction, there's always a river of hope flowing through there. 
and, uh, and, and even one of the most darkest places in the world right now where, where Pakistan is, is, the, um, it is the epicenter of, uh, of a whole lot of uh, negative stuff in the, in the news media. But I'm going to tell you today that right there, there is a revival happening right now. There is a river of hope flowing through that nation. And if you're a part of Bay City, if you're a, uh, if you're a part of this house, I can tell you today that you are a part of what's going on there. If you support us in prayer, if you tithe, you invest into this place, you are a part of that. And uh, God is doing uh, some incredible works there. We just want to show you just a couple of, uh, couple of photos of what happened while we were there. Um, this is Kate. This is a photo of Kate. And uh, why don't you just tell us, Kate, what you're what you up to there? Um, I can't remember. I'm either speaking, preaching, or about to sing. Yeah. And uh, God, um, they asked me to sing, and um, we were talking about what... What do you sing? Because they, they don't speak um, a lot of English. Um, they use a translator. But I felt to um, sing a song that I got saved on, and it's a very old hymn. It's called He Touched Me. And the translator translated some of the words, and uh, almost every meeting they asked for the same song again. And you saw how people got healed and saved um, as we sung out that song, He Touched Me. And by the end of it, as soon as they knew the song was coming, just their hands were lifted to God. It was an amazing humbling sight to see people's lives being changed. You know, we can look at a, an old song going, oh, it's old and it's irrelevant, but actually there are songs that are written in heaven, mm. and I know that. It's a song that's written in heaven. It's, it changed my life, and it was a real privilege to see um, people's lives changed too by that song. There's about 20,000. You can't see them all there, but they go right down the streets, and it's an incredible place, incredible sight to see that right in the middle of uh, Lahore. You have... 20,000 odd people gathering to hear the word of Jesus Christ. And it's not secret. Yeah, it's not secret. <laughs> and so there's Kate's about to sing. Uh, there she is. She's leading worship. You can see the whole, whole pile of people there. And uh, absolutely devoted and sold out for, for Jesus Christ. Um, here you go. There's another. another. Look at that. Passionate. <laughs> they even bring their guns to church. How about that? And they don't have flash gear. You know, they don't have all the stuff we're blessed with here. Yeah. They, have, uh, they have drums and a, not drums like ours, but just a, and a, and a keyboard and something else I don't know the name of. It's one of those, I don't know. But you know what? God comes and God moves because they're hungry. There's another photo of just somebody standing up and just under the power of God. She just, I don't know. She just stood up. I just thought it was a great photo. And... Uh, there you have it. You have a, a river of hope flowing through, um, through brokenness. And uh, so we just give God all the glory. Um, one of the things that uh, uh, I wanted to do there is there's a tremendous power in connection. And uh, God is all about connecting people with people. And uh, the, one of the most important things that you and I can have is, is relationship. First, relationship with Jesus Christ, relationship one, one with another. And the whole thing is about connection. God uses connections. And um, one of the things that I've been able to establish now is a, is a quite a good friendship with, uh, with the Grand Imam of Pakistan. He's the, he is the head Muslim leader of all of Pakistan. And Pakistan is the, basically the gateway to the order Middle East, to, to the Muslim countries in the Middle East. So he, he is the head Muslim leader. He, is the, he oversees all the... He's like the, he's like the Pope. Like if you can imagine... The, uh, like, he's like the Pope to Italy. That's how, that's how powerful he is. And um, he's good friends with the Prime Minister. He meets with heads of states of the U.S. and, and all of these different places. So he's a very, very powerful man. Anyway, 
um, he's become a very, very good friend of ours now and a uh, very, very open man, very uh, man with a real soft heart. And in fact, you know what? He even, he even now uh, preaches the word of God in his mosque. His mosque is the fifth largest in the world and uh, he, he will even preach scripture in there. And uh, it's just an incredible thing what, what God is doing in, in, in such a place that you don't hear about. Anyway, we had the opportunity. Um, I asked him uh, last year whether he'd be keen to come to the Asia Conference because I knew that there'll be a uh, there'll be a gathering of a, a whole pile of uh, Christian world leaders there. And he said yes, he would come. And so, where's the church uh, sponsored him to come? And um, uh, but you can get you, you can uh, you can bet your bottom dollar with with a place with something like this that there was, we had some opposition. And uh, there were four bombs went off in the city while we were there. And uh, just after we left, there was a big gunfight in Lahore, and, and one, a couple of the mosques and about eighty odd people were killed. But and there was a hold up on visas. So there was a the, uh, tell you what, the devil really tried to stop us. And uh, but praise God, uh, God is able. Now God is able. The Bible says. And so at the last minute, we were able to get visas. And um, what we were able to do was we were able to connect. Um, the head Muslim leader of, of one of the main Muslim countries in the world today, one of the countries that uh, is the epicenter of terrorism. We were able to connect the, one of the head leaders of that with four of the world's Christian, Christian leaders today, four of the top world Christian leaders in the world today. And uh, it's absolutely historical. Nothing like this has ever happened before. And we're believing in the power of connection. The Bible says in Ephesians 2 that the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, will bring down the wall of separation um, between us. And uh, right now, there's a wall of separation between the Western world and the Muslim world. Even Christians now are starting to hate and, 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 and uh, allow separation to come. So we were able to uh, establish history. So I wanted to show you a couple of photos. Here we have, um, this is the Grand Imam on your left, and that is Dr. Reinhard Bonnke, one of the most world's greatest evangelists in the world today. Uh, in the last 10 years, he's recorded 55 million souls saved. 55 million souls saved. And there we have the Muslim leader and Reinhard Bonnke having breakfast together. And uh, that there has never, ever happened before. Nothing is like has happened before. And then we have Amwar uh, next to that. Um, there we have uh, Dr. Bonke again, Pastor Amwar, and, um, and, and, uh, and the grand imam there. And they look happy. <laughs> there we have on the left-hand side, we have Dr. Yongi Cho. Dr. Cho has got the largest uh, Protestant church in the world with a membership weekly uh, of 820,000 people every week. Not only that, he's also planted churches out who have also grown to growing into the hundreds of thousands. So if you combine his church and the churches that he's planted with, uh, he's planted out, the combined uh, number would be about the half the population of Seoul, Korea. And so here we have, this is an historical event, you're seeing it right now, uh, uh, where the Muslim leader, uh, one of the top Muslim leaders, is, all, is, is having a time there with the top Christian leader of the world. And here we have one of the uh, a businessmen, uh, Dr. Paul Kim. And here we are. A site you don't see too often. Uh, the leader of the world's largest church and one of the uh, the leader of one of the world's largest mosques praying together. <laughs> How about that? You don't see that too often. That is history in the making. There is uh, Pastor Kong. Pastor Kong, he from City Harvest Church, one of the fastest growing churches in Asia right now. There is uh, all smiles, and there's a little gift going between them there. And uh, 
He's another great man of God. This is Dr. Reinhard Bonk. Uh, this is Dr. Um, A.R. Bernard. Dr. Bernard, he used to be a Muslim himself. He got saved on the way to Mecca. And uh, now he's got one of the largest churches and most powerful churches in the U.S. He's the, the largest church in New York. Friends with Michael Bloomberg, the mayor of New York, the best friends. Friends with Hillary Clinton, and uh, he's on the uh, he's on the board of the uh, of the LAPD and the Economic Development Board. And he's got a real heart for Muslims. And um, and so we made a, a real strong connection there, especially with. Pakistan, America right now. If you're, if you're a person of, of the spirit, you'll understand the significance of, what, of what's taking place right there. And uh, we've got a great friendship with, uh, we had a great time with Dr. Bernard, and uh, he's keen to come to Pakistan. He's going to come here to Auckland at the end of the year, and, uh, and we've got a great friendship happening now. So God is just connecting us to some very, very powerful, influential people. And uh, funny enough that God's used a bay boy from, from Hawke's Bay, New Zealand, to be able to do it. <laughs> Come on, why don't you give Jesus a greater shout of praise than that? Hallelujah. And uh, we're just we're so excited about what God's doing. And uh, God is just connecting us. I'm going to be asked to go back there next month, uh, beginning of next month, to meet the Pakistani Prime Minister and uh, have some time with uh, national ambassadors. And uh, I can tell you this right now, a lot of these mosque leaders are starting to become saved and receiving Jesus Christ into their hearts. So these are the things that you're not going to hear on TV. You won't hear them on the media. But I can tell you today, there is a river of hope flowing in that land. Amen. Kingdom of heaven is expanding and invading that country. You think they're trying to think that the media is trying to say that the terrorists are invading the earth. But I'm telling you right now that yeah, there is the kingdom of heaven invading yeah. that land right now. One of the things um, God has spoke, been speaking to us about is, um, uh, I'm just going to get into this shortly, but we have, um, uh, how many people know that life's a wee bit of a journey? <laughs> life's a journey. And uh, I've grown up in Hawke's Bay all my life. I've, I've been a part of this church ever since we've been here. And uh, in my heart, I've never wanted to leave this place. And I thought, well, this is me for the rest of my life. I, I love this place. I love you guys. I love, you. I love this church. I love this family. Um, but... Uh, God spoke last year in, in, in uh, Haggai that he's going to start, start to shake the earth. And uh, many people will have felt uh, a period of shaking. And um, basically, in a nutshell, uh, God has spoken to us, and uh, God has given us a tremendous opportunity there. So at the end of this year, we'll be packing up our family, and uh, we'll be taking our family to Pakistan uh, to live for, for a period of time to, to see the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God start to fill that place. And... Um, and so Kate and I have been offered the opportunity to, to, to run a TV program, a TV station. So it's not just a program, it's the whole station. Satellite TV station will be broadcast to 53 nations of, uh, of the whole of Asia. And so uh, it'll go right up into Gaf- Afghanistan. The, um, uh, it'll go, you, you'll even have to receive it back here. And so God has uh, opened up that door of opportunity for us. And uh, so it's just incredible, Kate. Yeah, God. Um, one thing God said to us at the start of this year was just keep your hands open and uh, don't try to hold on to anything. And just wherever we, wherever we are, just keep your hands open. And as we're going, the amazing thing is, is that um, we're not pushing doors open. They are, it's like they're unfolding before us, and particularly before Dave. And um, just stuff we can't even, can't even comprehend. But we know this, that when God, when God speaks... 
and he says something. Um, it's the time yeah. to make courageous decisions. It was a word I know some of you, I know God spoke to me at the start of the year and he said, this is the time for courageous decisions. And I know there'll be a few people here that I have said that to this year. There is a grace on courageous decisions. Right. And little did I know that it would be our courageous <laughs> decision. But um, there is, there's a grace at the moment on dealing with our stuff taking ownership of our stuff and courageous decisions. You know, this time last year, I could not have, I would never have imagined in my wildest dreams that we'd be be packing up our family and going there. But you know what? We are so excited. We have, the details aren't all worked out. We don't know where we're going to live or anything like that. But you know what? Actually, it doesn't matter. Mm. We don't care, actually, because we know that God is going before us and God will sort the whole thing out. So, um, yeah, yeah, we are really excited. (laughs) Very good. Hallelujah. Father, today we just thank you, Lord, that your kingdom has been established on this earth. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have given us a river of hope, Lord, in, uh, in, in places of brokenness. Father, today we pray for this mighty nation of Pakistan. We pray right now in the name of Jesus that your, your kingdom would continue to enlarge in Jesus' name. Lord, that souls will continually be saved. And Father, today you would bring peace into that nation in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the country of New Zealand. Father, we thank you for our beautiful nation. We pray right now, Lord, that the Prince of Peace will, will fill this nation also. Holy Spirit, we ask you right now that you come and fill every community, every household in this place in Jesus' name. Father, for the people here in this place, in this house right now in this church. I pray right now where people are facing decisions, turmoils. I pray, Prince of Peace, that you will come and fill their hearts in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Come on, everybody said? One more time, everybody said? Hallelujah. Tell the person next to you there's greatness inside of them. It's greatness inside of you. And uh, I said I want to really want to encourage you that Pastor Anwar, um, uh, I'd love to get him out here one day. Uh, you'll absolutely love him. He has got to be one of the greatest revivalists of all time. And uh, he's a man, he's only a couple of years older than me, and uh, got powerfully saved. And uh, now you want to, you want to see, how, see the power of God flow through him, the, the miracles that flow through him. And uh, uh, I tell you, he's a he's like a Benny Hinn without. He's got this. You seen Benny Hinn on TV? Similar anointing. But you you watch. On, you can even see him on YouTube, Pastor Emmanuel Fazal, and you watch some of the meetings there where the, nearly the whole crowd, whole twenty thousand people, go underneath the power of power of the Holy Spirit, just straight down like that. And many miracles, many people being saved. God is opening so many supernatural doors. And, uh, and uh, so I encourage you to uh, pray for him. They've got a 24-hour prayer center. And they tonight, right now, there are people praying for you. There are people under a na- in a nation of terrorism praying for people like you. Praying that you would have a miracle. Praying that you would be blessed. Praying that God would break through for you. How about that? If people can do it over there... There's no excuse, friend. <laughs> there is no excuse. And uh, uh, when I was talking to him, when I was there, we were sitting in the lounge, and I, I, I shared, him what God, shared to him what God had spoken to me, and he was nearly in tears. He said, I too have been praying that God would send me a missionary to come and stand with me. And uh, so he's an answer to my prayer, and I'm an answer to his prayer. And uh, 
So I'm going to, we'll, we'll share a bit later uh, in a couple of months or so about what we're going to do there. Uh, just absolutely mind-blowing what God is doing. But uh, like I said, how many people know that we're on a journey today? And uh, one of the, an incredible book that, uh, that is out in the market today is When Heaven Invades Earth. And often we, in a, in a church like ours, we, we talk about the kingdom of God coming. We talk about the, the kingdom of heaven being made manifest on this earth. And, and uh, I've always, I, I mean, I get 120% in behind that. Yeah, get the kingdom of heaven invaded. Let's get the kingdom of God increasing in this place. But there's always the question, what does that look like? <laughs> How do I see it? How do I experience that? How do I walk in that for myself? Where is the kingdom of heaven? Where is the kingdom of God? How, how do I access that? How can I uh, get a fully, uh, I mean, it's, uh, I, mean, I don't think we'll get a, a grasp, the, the magnitude of it un, until the day that we stand before Christ. But I continually want to uh, have my uh, spirit enlarged so I can start to comprehend and start to walk in the fullness that God has for you and I as a church. And for you people here today, God has got greatness inside of your heart. Look, I uh, don't, didn't do too bad at school, didn't do good either, but uh, I'm not the smartest person out, but one of the things I know that when you give yourself to Christ, when you give yourself wholehearted, when you have a dream in your heart that God will see your dream and God will use you if you just make yourself available to him. And um, God has been speaking to me a little bit last year and um, all of us today are on a journey of life. And uh, and uh, Jesus, and uh, uh, when he came to this earth, one of the things he would talk to people about life, and in, in, in Matthew chapter thirteen, he's talking about he's just started to describe to people what the kingdom of heaven is like, what the kingdom of heaven is like, and he starts off and uh, actually doesn't start off there, but in verse forty four of chapter thirteen, he says again, the kingdom of heaven is like he said, it's not exactly this, but it's like this. He said it's like. Um, a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And he goes on again, he says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he finds one of great price, he went out and sold all that he had and brought that pearl. Thing about both these stories and about all these parables, they have one thing in common, is there's two things in common. One, there's always a journey. There's a man, he's, he's, he's looking for a, a, a great treasure. And um, many of us are like that man, walking down the journey of life, looking for fields, uh, looking for a sense of fulfillment in our life, looking for a sense of significance in our life. And just like, um, and just like the, next, the next verse about that, he said, again, it's sort of like, a, it's like somebody who's going out uh, looking for pearls and buying pearls, buying and selling pearls to get more pearls. And there's one pearl that he's after, which is of a great price, but it still eludes him. But when he discovers, when he hears about this pearl, Something inside of him awakes. Something inside of him starts to want to desire and start to see that great pearl. Many of you have seen the, the film uh, Blood Diamond where you, you have uh, the guy there. He's a, he's a diamond merchant, and he trades and sells. And he's got little diamonds everywhere. And, uh, but one day he hears about this diamond, which is up, it's, it's like no other diamond that he's ever seen before. And he risks everything he has to go and pursue that diamond. Jesus in the scripture is telling us what the kingdom of heaven is like. And, um, you know, I'm in the stage of my life where, uh, you know, just looking for a sense of significance in my life. 
uh, looking for, to be used by God, having dreams in, in my heart, and want to be, wanting to be used by God. But there's always this thing that, that, uh, uh, that we haven't yet walked in, we haven't yet uh, found to fulfill uh, that void inside of our hearts. And, um, and many of us today, we're like that pearl merchant that we, we buy all these different pearls. And many of us today have, uh, will find ourselves in that story somewhere where uh, we're gathering for ourselves different pearls. Uh, maybe your pearl is a, uh, maybe you've got one on your finger. <laughs> uh, maybe your pearl is sitting up your driveway. <laughs> but I've got a pearl that's sitting up my driveway. I've got pearls that are sitting in my house all over the place. <laughs> Maybe your pearl is your business. Maybe your pearl is uh, your house. Maybe, uh, maybe your pearl is an education. And uh, end of last year, I went down to Massey University. I've never really had a tertiary education, but I really wanted to go and get one. And so I got given, basically, they've given me, I looked at going in for a master's uh, because I wanted to get some pearls, extra pearls in my life. I thought if I have a master's degree and an MBA, then that would be a great pearl to have. But actually right in the middle of that, that still wouldn't fill that void. And I'm still looking for the, for the greatness of the kingdom. But he says, he goes on to say that, again, the, the, the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl merchant seeking, seeking beautiful pearls. And like I said, there's two things, in, in, uh, that come, two aspects that come out of both these verses. One is that life is a journey. Your life is a journey. Uh, your life is a journey full of many, many choices, many decisions. Your life is a journey that has lots of ups and often, often have lots of, lots of downs as well. Most of us will go through our life and, and be like the pearl merchant and try and gather a whole pile of pearls. But I'm telling you today, there is a greater thing for you out there today. And uh, the other thing that we, uh, we often find in the journey of life is it's we, we discover lots of things as well. We discover pearls here. We discover pearls there. We see things. Our eyes are opened. And uh, as we walk down the journey of life, we, we see different things. We experience different things. But even still, God has got greater things for us. And uh, in, in, uh, in John chapter 3, verse 3, uh, Nicodemus was a man who was, who was searching for the kingdom of heaven, searching for the kingdom of God. Jesus said to him, he says, uh, for you to see, just to see the kingdom of heaven, for you to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. You must be born again. You won't even have to see, let alone inherit the kingdom of God, unless you are born again. And so Nicodemus is asking the question, he says, what do you mean born again? How, how can somebody be born again? Does he have to go back into the womb or uh, how does this happen? Jesus goes on to, he says, you've got to be born again, born of water and born of the spirit. One of the first things, that, there's a couple of uh, some major st- uh, stages of our life. The first stage in our journey of life is this, is that you're born naturally. You're here because you're born naturally, obvious. And then you start walking down the, pro, the journey of life, discovering and, and discovering different pearls and start to uh, trade with different things that the world has to offer. But the second most powerful point of your life was when the day you become born again. Because the, the day that you become born again is the day that your eyes start to become open to the possibility there is a greater dimension that your life could walk in. And so you may be here today, and you may have some great pearls in your life. You may be walking down that, the journey of life, but still not finding full significance in your life, 
Friends, the only way that you can come into the kingdom of God, the only way that you can come part of the kingdom of heaven, you can even see it, is that you'll become born again. What happens is when you become born again is the Holy Spirit starts to come. The, the power of God comes inside of your life and starts to show you things that you could do with your life. Starts to give you dreams. Starts to give you a greater visions, greater dreams for your life. Starts to open up your eyes to, to possibilities that could be. And many of you here today are filled with the Holy Spirit and been born again. You've seen things in the Spirit. Many of you have got dreams inside of your heart. You see things down the track that you could possibly be doing. Just like me, I mean, I've been born again for a long time. I've seen, I've, I've seen a part of the kingdom of Kevin, but, but actually haven't walked in the fullness of it yet. And so here, Nicodemus again is asking about the kingdom of heaven. And see, the, the thing about when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit, when you comes inside of you and become born again, you still get presented with a choice. Just because you are filled with the Holy Spirit, just because you've been born again, that does not mean that you will inherit that kingdom. It just means that you will see it. He'll show you it. For you to inherit, for you to start to walk in the destiny that God has for you, you still must make some decisions. You've still got to make some choices. You can see things in your spirit. You can dream, dream things for 100 years, but never actually walk into it. What is the difference? And see, in, uh, the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, we read the story about, uh, about the Israelites' journey from a place of confinement, a place of bondage, into a place of promise, into a place of, uh, into a kingdom of their own. And, and I believe that it was a, it's symbolic of, of, of our lives coming from a place of confinement, coming through the process of, uh, going through the process of the wilderness, coming to the place of Jordan. But there's a great kingdom that, you're, that God has got for you and I to inherit. There is a kingdom, there is a kingdom of heaven that God doesn't want you just to see. God wants you to walk in it. He just doesn't want you to stand at the Jordan and say, hey, that's a nice kingdom, and start to dream about that kingdom for the rest of your life. God wants you to walk in that kingdom, to come into a place filled with milk and honey, to come into a place that is filled with giants for you to overcome. Not just look at them. (laughs) Turn to your neighbor and say, God's got a land, a great land for you. Come on, tell them next to you. But it still presents us with a choice. And so that the Israelites had walked through this journey. That they'd walked for 400 years through the journey of, of slavery. They'd, next, they'd walk the next 40-odd years through the, uh, through the journey of the wilderness. And here they were. The Bible says in, uh, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, this is Moses' last address to the people of Israel before they inherited the, uh, before they crossed the Jordan. And for years they'd been carrying this promise. They'd heard about the promise. Now they'd seen about the. Now they'd seen the promise. They'd, they'd seen it. They'd heard it. They'd, everything about it, but they had not yet walked into it. It was right there. And for many of you that have been born of the Spirit of God, you are here. You've heard about the kingdom. You've 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 even smelt it, or maybe even tasted a little bit of it, but you actually haven't walked into it yet. And, uh, and so Moses is talking to the people about inheriting and walking into the promises of God. Basically, he's saying this. He says, you've heard about the kingdom. You've heard about this, this great land that God has got promised for you. Remember your, your journey. Remember where you've come from. Remember the 400 years of slavery. Remember what it was like to live a life without Jesus Christ. Slave to sin. Remember the, the journey that you walked through in the, the wilderness. And here you are. And he goes on to say, 
He says, he talks about the, about the promises of God that are, that, that are laid up. He, he says to the people, he says, look, he says, look uh, they're not way up under the heavens. The promises of God are not way up under the heavens. Uh, you've got to ask yourself, uh, who may ascend into the heavens to bring this promise of God to us? How do you make that simple? Basically saying the, the, the kingdom of heaven, the, the promise that, that God has for you to walk in, it is not way up into the heavens. It's, it, it's, it's not so far out of your reach that you're going to need a spiritual guru to come in and bring it down for you. He says, no, 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 no. No, it's not, it's not way, way, way out there. And for many of us, we, we, we walk our life thinking, oh, the, the promises seem so far out there. But he, Moses is saying, no, 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 no. No, that kingdom, the kingdom of heaven is not way, way out there. Those promises that God has for you, they're not too far up into the heavens that you've got to ask. Who's spiritual enough to go and bring them and bring them, make them manifest on this earth? He said, no, 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 no. He said, he goes, neither are they on the other side of the sea that you've got to ask yourself, who would go across to the sea and bring it over here to us? The plans and the promises that, that, that God has for your life is not way over in the sea that you've got to ask yourself, who's going to go to America or whatnot and bring it back here? No, 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 no. No, no it's, it's got nothing to do with those two places. He says this. He said, no, 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 today, today the choice is in front of you. Today it is in your mouth and it is in your heart. He says, today I put before you this decision. I put before you the decision of life and death, blessing and cursing. The promises of God are not way up in the heavens. The promises of God are not uh, far away from you. No, 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 no. They're right in your heart today. They're in your heart and they're in your mouth. The dreams, the promises of God today are in your heart. He says, today I put before you that choice. Life and death, blessing and cursing. He says, therefore, choose life that you and your descendants may live. See, God is not just wanting to bring you into a realm of greater glory. God is not just wanting to open up the realms of the kingdom to you. God is not just, it's not just about you, but it's the generations that will follow you. And today, every one of us has a choice. Every one of us today is faced with that same choice. The promises of God are in your heart right now. Every one of us has decisions to make in our heart every day. And why are they in our mouth? Basically, the mouth is the same as our heart. The Bible says uh, um, what's in our heart will come out of our mouth. So if you are full of criticism, if you're full of negativity, negativity if, it, if that's what's coming out of your mouth, is if, if, if there's weak praise coming out of your mouth, then that's reflective of what's in your heart. It means It tells me that you're choosing cursing instead of blessing. All of us today, last year, I had a, um, every day I got the opportunity to choose blessing or cursing, life or death. Every day. The reason I believe that God has opened up what he's opening up to us, to, to us today is simply this, because I chose life. I chose life. Even when circumstances seemed to look contrary, even though uh, spiritual pressure came around me, even though my emotions were down, even though I faced disappointment and things didn't look like it was going to work out the way I thought it would work out. I still chose to stand in faith. I still chose to believe God. I still chose to praise him. 
I still chose blessing. I still chose life. And as a result, God has now brought me into a place where I've got international influence. I can now stand before kings of, of the kings of this earth. God is using me in ways now that I never, ever even dreamed of. I wonder today what God could do through you. I wonder what places God could take you to. I wonder what dreams that God has placed in your heart. Today, that same choice is before you. Blessing and cursing, life and death. Today, just as Moses spoke to the Israelites, I want to challenge you and encourage you today.